My doctor said, hey, Fusco, you got five months of torment, or I can give you this thing. It will help you. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm taking that thing. And I'm not going to listen to the crazy people on the internet who tells us it's going to make us grow horns and all that stuff. I'm going to take that thing. Like, I'm not going to argue about it. It's like, I do not want the five months of torment. Thank you very much. And any sane, rational person will do that. We humans like to avoid physical pain whenever possible, but when it comes to spiritual pain, too often people will put up with all kinds of chaos in their lives as long as they get to keep doing the things they want to do. This is what you'll be seeing in Pastor Daniel's teaching today. God's going to afflict the people of earth, trying to get their attention, but they'll reject him even though they know they're going to be going to hell as a result. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, as he begins his message, Locusts and Angels. So I want to start today's message with an apology. To be honest with you, I am so aware every day of what a total honor it is to get to Pastor to get to walk with you all through life. And I'm always aware at how inadequate I feel doing that. And today was a great example of that. Because as a pastor, you know, you feel like it's your job to like start a message and you really want to grab everybody. So you try and find like a good story or a good picture to be able to grab hold of the text. And I'll be honest with you, today's text is so crazy, I got nothing. I've been praying for like three weeks for like a good story to be able to get this thing going for everybody. But literally, Revelation chapter 9 might be the most complicated, unique text in all of the scriptures. And literally, I got nothing. So we all forgive me for that. I tried really hard. So open up your Bibles to Revelation 9. We're going to just kind of jump right on into this. It is funny, though, because I was talking to someone recently, and they were like, oh, man, I heard you guys are studying Revelation over at Crossroads. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, is it true that there's like demon, scorpion, locusts in there? And I'm like, I'm actually teaching that on Sunday. You should come on out. So if you're here, you're welcome. But I mean, how do you come up with a story to tie in demon, scorpion, locust? I mean, like I got three kids and I still can't come up with it. (laughs) I figured I almost had something along the way. But let me start by saying this. You're turning in your Bibles to Revelation 9. I want to remind you of why the book of Revelation can be so complicated. We've been traveling through this book now for about seven or eight months And so I told you in the beginning that the reason the book of Revelation can be so complicated is because it is simultaneously three different types of biblical literature. Let me explain this to you. And you get this from Revelation chapter 1, that we find out in Revelation chapter 1 that first it's the revelation of Jesus, which is called an apocalypse. And what you may not realize is an apocalypse is not necessarily like the end of the world, and thank God for Bruce Willis and all that kind of stuff. It's a genre within your Bible that has very specific kind of attributes to it. It's highly symbolic. And at the time John was inspired to write this, there was actually more apocalypses than we might know, because in the 
intertestamental books, the books between the closing of the Old Testament canon and then the Gospels, there was a series of documents that were going around called apocalypses. So it's an apocalypse, so it's highly symbolic. We also find in Revelation chapter 1, so that's Revelation 1.1. Revelation 1.3 tells us that blesses anyone who reads or hears the words of this prophecy. So not only is it an apocalypse, it's also a prophecy. Now, always a prophecy has some local fulfillments, but it also points into the future. And so it's not only an apocalypse, it's a prophecy. So there's future aspects to it. And don't miss the fact that it was inspired 2,000 years ago. So it's prophetic for John as much as it is for us. And then by the time you get to Revelation 1-4, we find out that John is writing this letter to seven churches. So it's what you would call a circular epistle. So put it in a biblical ideas for you. This book is simultaneously like one of Paul's letters written to specific churches. It's a prophecy. So pick any one of your minor or major prophets in the Bible. It's that. And then it's also an apocalypse where you have the end of the book of Daniel, sections in Ezekiel and these intertestamental. So all these three things are working simultaneously. And I told you many moons ago, and I'll repeat it again. And now if you're like, if I lost you already with kind of Bible geek interpretations, hang in, we'll be back in it in a second, and we'll get to the demon scorpion locusts, which you're all dying to hear about. But really what it is, is each genre of literature that we have inspired by the Spirit and the Scripture also gives us a way to interpret it. So for an apocalypse, because it's highly symbolic, it's using a lot of pictures. This thing is like this, that you have to kind of try and interpret it symbolically. There are pictures of something that it might not be what it's saying it is. Because it's a prophecy, we have to look at it, what does this mean for them and into the future? And because it was a letter, it dealt with things that they were dealing with in the here and now. Now, I say all that because there's three main schools of biblical interpretation for the book of Revelation. One is called the Preterist text, which is everything is referenced to the people who lived there at that time, which would be taking the epistle, the epistolary function of the book of Revelation and be like, I'm going to live, put all my chips there. So you get the Preterist. It's all fulfillment in the early church 2,000 years ago. But some people are like, oh, no, no, it's not that. It's actually all in the future. So you take the prophetic fulfillment and you just put all your chips in there. And then other people take the more everything in the book of Revelation is symbolic. So they take the apocalyptic interpretation. But what's amazing is, is if you put all your chips in any one of those baskets, you actually miss that on the other two baskets that Revelation 1 tells us this book is. So the question becomes, what do you do with all that? And the answer is, is I don't know. It's why the book is so complicated. It's why we hold it and we seek to understand it, but we say, look, I think this means this, but we need to hold it in tension because if we look at it from this angle, it looks like this, and this angle looks like this, and this angle looks like this. Now, if you've been around church for a while, especially a church that's taught you the book of Revelation, 99 out of 100 times, they put all their chips into one of the genres, and they teach you this is the only way to interpret it. And oftentimes, they take pot shots at the other two groups and say, they're wrong and we're right. And I'm here to tell you, they're all wrong and they're all right, including me, okay? Because it is a complicated book. But I want you to be able to understand, because one of the things that I believe in this day and age that God wants us to have a more generous view of what is being biblical. And like, it's such a disunifying part of the body of Christ today where pastors, they try and grow their churches by being against every other pastor. Like, we're better than that church because we say this. You know, and it kind of appeals to our Western love of being the only right ones. 
(laughs) You all know what I'm talking about, right? We believe that Jesus is right and all of us are growing. Does that make sense? Amen. And so we don't pretend that what we think we know, we don't pretend like we don't know that, but we're like, hey, listen, there might be some other ways to look at this, and especially in the book of Revelation. So let's just jump on in, shall we? You're all like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear about the demon scorpion locust. Well, without further ado, Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the keys to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Verse 3, then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. And the shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon, verse 12, One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Look at the person next to you and say, good night. (laughs) See, I read that, and every time someone's like, man, I don't read the Bible, it's boring. I'm like, you're boring. This is like better than a Hollywood movie. Except the only problem is, is it's not good because this is some real stuff that's going to happen at some point. Now, what does this teach us? The f- fifth trumpet in Revelation 9 teaches us that there's going to be evil locusts that cause pain. That's what it is. It's quite simple. There's evil locusts that cause pain. Remember, we have these successive trumpet judgments. So now we're on the fifth one. I made the point when we looked at the first four judgments that they're against creation or, or nature. But now we find that the fifth and the sixth trumpet judgment now become more aggressive because now they're hitting people. So we see a star fallen from heaven to the earth. And notice this, to him was given the keys to the bottomless pit. So right away you realize this star falling from the earth is called a he, and the star was given keys. So you realize that the star is symbolic of something or someone. And of course, it makes you think of Luke chapter 10, verse 18, where Jesus said, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, I'm not saying that this star, that the fifth trumpet sounds, the star who's been given keys to the bottom of it is Satan, but obviously, it's not just like a fallen star that you wish upon. 
okay? He's got keys, he goes, and there's this bottomless pit. Now, what's really amazing is, is in my notes here, I have like four pages on the, in the Greek, it's the word abuso. It literally means the shaft of the abyss. It's found seven times in the book of Revelation, nine times elsewhere in the New Testament, and 30 times in the Old Testament. And really what you find is that at best, the abuso or the abyss is an underworld where it's almost like a prison for demons. You think of places like 2 Peter 2, 4, Jude 1, 6, all talks about these angels who fell and they've been kept, they're cast into the abuso and they're kept in chains of darkness awaiting judgment. So it's literally, it's in 2 Peter, it's in the book of Revelation, it's in Jude. Jude's got one chapter, so verse 6. So you have it over and over again there. But what you find is this angel now gets these keys and he opens this abyss and of course it's the underworld really and so there's smoke there and all the smoke comes out of a great furnace i started thinking about how this is like an old school furnace like if there's smoke coming out of your furnace you call the hvac people you know what i'm saying like this is like before you had central heating and air it's like the way you got warm was by burning stuff those of you have a wood burning stove you know exactly what i'm talking about Now, again, like if you keep your wood-burning stove, the door open, you get smoke in your house, you keep it closed, and it shifts out of the chimney. So we realize here, it's like there's smoke, there's smoke coming out of the pit, and then it says, then out of the smoke, verse 3, comes locusts, and they come upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth. So you see, we have this idea of these Demons are coming out of the bottomless pit as locusts, and they have scorpions. That's where I get the whole demon, scorpion, locust thing. Now, what's interesting about this is God judging the world through locusts. We saw this in the eighth plague in Egypt, in Exodus chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, right? So I keep saying that the way God judges at the end, we've already seen him do some of these things. But the difference in The plagues of Egypt is the locusts are going to kill all the crops where people cannot eat. But now what we see here is that that's actually not what these locusts are doing at all. So it says, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, verse 4, or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So remember we saw a couple chapters back that God sealed his own at this time. And so now these demon scorpion locusts, these evil locusts who come out of the abuso, who cause harm, they're actually going now to torment the people who don't have the seal of God. Now, everybody loves discussions of gender-inclusive language, and everyone gets all mad in the Bible where it says, you know, brethren, they say, what about the women? Well, guess what? I always say that, you know, back in the day when they say mankind, they meant both people. And so includes here too. So you ladies are not off the hook. Here, for the torment of the demons, scorpion, locusts, it's the downside of it all. So it says men, it means men and women. Okay, so everyone knows that. It always means that in the scriptures. Does that make sense? Back in the day, they weren't concerned about these things in the same way that we are now. And so I always like to remind people that when it says brethren, it means brothers and sisters. And here, when it says that these demons, scorpion, locusts are going to torment men, it means men and women. All the sisters said, no, thank you, Pastor Daniel. You're welcome. (laughs) Just keep, we're leveling the playing field, people. We're keeping it honest all day, every day. Now, what's interesting here, and what makes this so challenging, is by the time you get to verse 5, what you learn here is that they have not been given authority to kill people, but that they should be tormented for five months, like the torment of when a scorpion 
when it strikes a person. Anyone here ever gotten bit by a scorpion? Okay, there's like two hands up. How much fun was that? Terrible. Yeah. But it went away because we have some good medicine. So imagine that feeling for five months. Okay. Anybody want to be there? No. Praise God. Now, here's the deal. I want to say this right now because sometimes people say, you know what I don't like about the Bible? Like, I don't like the fact that God is trying to scare us into heaven. And I'm like, but you know what? It's actually a good thing because certain things are scary. Like when you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, look, if you don't make lifestyle changes, all this stuff's going to break down. He's not just trying to be fear mongering. He actually cares or she cares about you enough to say, listen, you need to change your life or else bad stuff goes down. And so I love the fact that God tells us what could come in the future if we reject his grace. I love that he tells us and honest about us. It'd be way worse if he was dishonest about us. Like, oh, listen, it doesn't really matter if you believe in my son. It's going to be fine for you either way. No, he's like, listen, you want to believe in Jesus because you do not want to be there when the fifth trumpet sounds and the demon scorpion locust comes around. And because you've rejected Jesus, you're not going to have the seal on your head. And then you're going to get stung by these demon scorpion locusts, however they pull this thing off. And you're going to be tormented for five months. So my doctor said, hey, Fusco. You got five months of torment, or I can give you this thing. It will help you. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm taking that thing. And I'm not going to listen to the crazy people on the internet who tells us it's going to make us grow horns and all that stuff. I'm going to take that thing. Like, I'm not going to argue about it. It's like, I do not want the five months of torment. Thank you very much. And any sane, rational person will do that. So listen, if you're today and you're a believer, you should praise God that he wants to deliver us from this. And if you're not a believer... This is one of the reasons you should be. Because God's saying, listen, you do not want to have to go through what this is. Now, it's so bad that it says in verse 6 that in those days, people will seek death and they won't find it. There will be the desire to die, but death will flee from them. I don't even know what to say about that. I just read it. We'll just move on. Okay, it's like, this is how bad this is. And then it starts talking about the way the locusts look. And you see all of this really symbolic language, right? Like it says, the shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. Does anybody ever see a locust the size of a horse? <laughs> exactly. And not only that, it tells us that their heads, there was something like a crown that was gold and their faces were like human faces, faces of people. And their hair was like women's hair, which I can only assume means silky and luxurious, full-bodied. Actually, I don't know that. I'm just being facetious. (laughs) And their teeth were like lion's teeth. So obviously in the Abuso, there's not good orthodontics and dentistry. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep moving. I'm trying to have some fun in the midst of how horrible this is. And it says they're wearing breastplates, breastplates are iron, and the sound of their wings were like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. And then their tails were like scorpions and the stings of their tails. And there was the power to hurt men for five months. So you have this really vivid picture. Now, some people right away say, oh, this is a picture of modern warfare. But we realize it really can't be because we already know that they're like, it's coming out of the bottomless pit. So depending on how you want to look at it, or it could be that John is seeing a vision and the vision is just simply meant to be symbolic. It's not actually meant to be to point to something specific. He's seeing 
demonic activity. Now, one of the things that I realize that for all of us, or for most of us, we live in a world, and especially in our day and age, that we don't really think too much about the spiritual realm. And for really all of us in this generation, we've been nurtured in the soup of kind of a worldview that we base things on evidence. And if you studied philosophy at all, I remember I studied philosophy in college, I spent half my life reading it still, just to get the different ways that people think, you realize that that is a very new addition to the world, and there's all sorts of things that we want evidence of that we don't have evidence for. I'll give you a simple example. I know that my mom loved me, but because my mom has passed away, I have no actual proof of it. Like, when you see a painting and you're like, it's beautiful, do you have any proof that it's beautiful? Now, you could study it, you know, if you're a photographer, you know, like, all the different laws that make a photo beautiful or whatever it is, but all of that is still greatly subjective. When I hear a piece of music, and all of a sudden that music impacts me deeply, I can't prove that. I just know what I experienced. So right from there, at the basic level, the whole, like, I will only believe something if I can see it, it goes out the window. All of us don't live in a purely evidentiary-based way of looking at the world. But our culture demands it. But I'm here to tell you, it's already intellectually dishonest when we try and do that. So what I will tell you is what I do know is that we live in a physical world and there is a spiritual world that presses into this physical world. And it presses it in all different ways. And if you read the Gospels, it was an uptick in demonic activity during Jesus' first coming, the first advent of Jesus. And what we find at Jesus' second coming, there's going to be another uptick where there's going to be a ton of demonic activity. Now, what I believe that we should do as believers is I don't believe we should be looking for demonic activity around every corner, but we also shouldn't pretend like it doesn't happen. Does that make sense? And what we also have within some segments of the church, and I love the body of Christ and I'm happy to be a part of it, but I also believe that part of my job as a teacher is to help us understand what we're seeing, is that sometimes the church gets kind of demonic obsessed. And every time something bad happens, it's always demonic. It's like, no, sometimes something bad happens because you did something dumb. (laughs) Like my son Obadiah always tells me, you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Like, Satan doesn't have to do anything. You're already doing that to yourself. And so when that happens, we're not going to blame the enemy for dumb stuff that we do. Does that make sense? And just because someone disagrees with you does not mean that it's a demonic attack because sometimes we need to be disagreed with Because we all live in this world and we're all wrong sometimes. Can I get an amen? Amen. But oftentimes, because we are not looking for demonic around every corner, we shouldn't pretend that there's not all sorts of spiritual things that are going on that we may not be conscious of at all. And so we always need to strike that biblical balance of what are in the knobs on my side of the wall and what are just spiritual dynamics that I'm not even aware of. And we need to pray through those things. We need to seek God on those things. It's so awesome that God has taken the time to tell us about himself in a way that's easily understood. And even though there are some things that we'll never understand about him, he's given us enough information to make a reasoned decision regarding salvation. Pastor Daniel taught today that even at the end of time, even though God's pouring out his judgments on mankind, that God's heart is still to have people come to Him. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? 
Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com Click on the stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue talking about the demon scorpion locusts and their affliction of the people on earth. He'll also introduce the sixth trumpet judgment, which will devastate mankind. You're going to be challenged as a Christian to live your life in a way that's opposite to the way the world wants you to live. As the world gets worse, you'll be encouraged to embrace the lifestyle of Jesus. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series, A Year of Revelation, next time. Until then, may God bless.